Welcome back, Money Talkers. This is the High Impact Series. We just got off an amazing interview with Mallory Nicole. We dove deep into mindsets and where it comes from and how you can be the person that helps you train your kids so they don't need to retrain their minds later in life to be successful and to, and to look at money with a different point of view. Um, this is the High Impact Series. This is the short form interview where we're going to ask the big question. We're going to uh, dive into it and we're going to find something actionable for you to be able to take your earphones off, take your earbuds out and go have a money talk with your kid. This is something you can do once a week or 52 weeks in a year. You will build the relationship that you want later in life with your kids by opening the door that they know that they can talk to you about money. And if your parents didn't talk to you about money, then it's time to break that uh, pattern. And so that's why we're, you're a money talker. Mallory, are you ready? I am. Excellent. So here's the big question. What is the one thing that you would teach about in school that you know they don't that's had a major impact on your life? One thing that I would teach about in school that's had a major impact on my life is to question my thoughts. Mm. All right. How do you question your thoughts? Yeah. So we, we often don't even realize what we think. We don't even have awareness to what we think about ourselves, what we think about our potential, what we think about the world at large. We just kind of do and do and do and do and do. And we're in this just rabbit hole of every single day is the same as yesterday, is the same as tomorrow. And we don't stretch our thinking. So something that I think is really important, and this, there's kind of two ways to answer this. What I would really tell parents to start doing, and teachers too, is to ask questions. We have a tendency to kind of believe that the best thing you can do to teach is to share a bunch of information. And to a degree, depending on the topic, there is, that's incredibly important. But when it comes to how we see ourselves in the world, it's better to ask questions than it is to tell. Because it gets our brain moving in a different way to stretch our own thinking and to come to our own conclusions about ourselves. And that is really, really, really important when it comes to your belief about yourself, because it really does come from how you see yourself, not how mom and dad see you, not how the teacher sees you, not how the neighbor sees you. It's what conclusion did I come to? Yeah, that's a really interesting topic because, um, the way you see it um, is what you're really after, right? You're trying to find out why they see things the way they see it. And you, if you try to tell someone, you know, you hear people like, well, that's the way I see it. You know, if you're that scenario. Yes. Oh, hundred you know, percent. And, and I think right now with social media, uh, that's a, it, like you firmed it up because now you put it out publicly and sure you have to be, I think people double down to be right. Right. 100%. Instead, of, instead of being open. And as a parent trying to set that thing with your kids, I imagine there's a lot of conversations where you hear like, well, you just don't understand or you don't understand me because you're telling them how they should feel or how they should see the world instead of asking them how they see it and why. And people, people are very similar. We do it often in relationships too, because I end up helping people with their personal relationships, romantic or business partnerships, employees, et cetera. We spend too much time talking when we should spend more time asking questions. So if you just think for a second, how might my child see themselves differently or how might my students see themselves differently? If I just ask them questions for 15 minutes a week, half an hour a week, 
and got them thinking outside of the box a little bit. So instead of, and this is just relative to this show because there's probably a hundred other shows that you have that have very detailed, like, hey, go talk to them about debt and teach them X, Y, Z. But you would think if, that, but I would say that more because I talk to very high level performers and, mm -hmm. and high level coaches and parents and entrepreneurs. And um, there's a consistent pattern of you need to be open-ended in your questioning. Mm -hmm. And you need to question things. You'd be surprised. It comes up quite a bit. Oh. Less than a practical, like you need to sit down and make a budget. It's more, we, we end up in more of these conversations because this is the way that high performers see the world. That's, a, that's super interesting. So that's exactly where I was about to go with it is I wouldn't even, I would do less teaching and more questioning. What do you think about money? Like ask your six-year-old, what do you, what do you think about money? What do you think the role in the world? What do you think it has? What do you think the value of it is? You know, just start asking them questions about money, but also, like we talked about on the main episode, start asking them questions about what they think they're capable of. Yeah. Because we don't realize our own blocks and limitations that we have with our potential. I think a really good actionable part of that too is if you ask someone what they're capable of and they put that ceiling, right? So question the ceiling question why are you why do you think that that ceiling is there for you right? what if you could do more than that what would that look like and have them paint the picture yeah yeah and then i say well what do you think somebody who's gotten above that what do you think they've had to do right and how did they get to where they are because a lot of the things in today's world i think the kids have an even harder time with putting ceilings in place because of the flashiness of instagram and oh, I made a million dollars overnight and I'm 21 years old. Like, yeah. Well, how much of it, what, how much did it take to make the million? It took $980,000, right? right? right. Yeah. <laughs> $980,000 on ads, but I made a million, you know, and it's like, right. you, don't, you don't need that. Like, it's not, that's not what the level of success is to me because you, I think it's actually anti-successful to be able to say, oh, well, I'm going to give you this quick course. And as soon as you have my quick course, you'll make a million dollars in Instagram just like I did, right? And so I think that um, as a parent's role or a teacher's role, and I'm glad you said teachers too, because this is important because they do have a big part in our, in our kids' lives, is asking those questions of like, you know, what you just said, what do you think your potential is? Or where do you think you can get? What's the highest you can reach? And then find out why they think that they can get there and then start to deconstruct that. Because if the one thing that kids are really rich in is time. Absolutely. And I just to kind of add to something that you just said, what's the highest you can reach? And also creating the notion to that, asking them why they want to get there. Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they immediately say, I want to make seven figures. And then they go do it. They make seven figures, not all of them, but a lot of them go make seven figures. And then they look in the mirror and they're like, oh my God, I hate my life. I hate my business. This is terrible. How did I get here? And then they end up reconstructing everything and starting over because they don't really know why they wanted to take the step that they wanted to take. Yeah. So I would much rather have a very profitable $200,000 a year business that, uh, that nets me, you know, a certain figure than have a million dollar business that, I don't is want empty. to be in because right. it's empty and you don't, and a lot of times people think, oh, well, if the revenue goes up, then you must be making more. 
and it actually is not true. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. <laughs> you know, if you're not profitable when you're not making, you know, when, when the number is a lot smaller, if you're doing a hundred thousand dollars a year in sales, you're not probably going to be profitable at a million dollars a year in sales, you know, and because you have to have more structure, you have to dive deeper into it. Well, you're just scaling the debt essentially. And, or, and or what scaling really the... pay, yeah. Well, what you're really going to pay too is your time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think most entrepreneurs don't realize is that like the more, as, as you scale in between that 250 to, to like a million five range, like your roles expand and they do. you are adding people, which adds more problems, which adds more times to fix them. That's where the leadership role comes into huge transition because you're not really, it, it's kind of funny. You're not really a business owner anymore. You are a leader of a team. Like it's a very different thing. You're not doing the service. You're managing the group as a whole. And the, that requires a lot of soft skills actually. And I I hope those word, the word soft and hard skills just gets reconstructed in the dictionary at some point. And entrepreneurship learns that they're pretty much equal when it comes to what it takes to scale. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. You end up doing a lot less of what you started out to do. Yeah. Right. And so if you're a painter and you're like, well, I make, you know, $20 an hour, but the the guy who owns the company makes a hundred dollars an hour, I'm going to be the owner. The second you become the owner of a paint company, you are no longer a painter, (laughs) you know, and you might think that's a great thing, but unless you like HR and accounting and marketing and sales and every other aspect of why you became a painter in the first place, which was to paint, Mm -hmm. then you are now going to be thrust into this thing of frustration. And so it's, Uh uh, you know, it's kind of funny, but I, um, we're kind of on a different side of it now where we were kind of talking about being able to to be able to open up, um, just the possibilities and, and have that talk and say, you know, where, where are you going to get? And these are fun things to do at like a dinner table too. Instead of just asking your kid like, Hey, you know, how was school today? Right. Uh, fine. <laughs> you know, like, what'd you learn? I don't know. You know, it's like the same monotonous. I mean, I remember being a kid and like just doing the same thing to my yep, parents. Same you know? answer. Yep. <laughs> but, I did it too. Yeah. And so, and then uh, you're like, well, how, how, how are things? You're like, fine. Like, just shut me down, you know, like, just, I don't want to, this is not my cup of tea, but you, you start opening up these questions and, and challenging thoughts and provoking thought processes. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be this glorious, fun thing that, you know, blow, you know, maybe it turns into that, but, you know, but just to start asking the questions and teaching them that asking questions is a valuable, valuable tool. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids, they ask me like, you know, what superhero, you know, they, my kids have asked me like, what superpower do you have? And I always tell them it's solving problems. Like I love solving problems. And so they like to solve problems because I tell them that's what their lawful superpower is, right? Our family solves problems. And so when they look for things and they come up with problems, a lot of times we kind of do more little reminders and then they start to try and figure it out. And that's a skill that I want them to have, you know? You know, it's funny as the hundreds of thousands of conversations that I've had with clients at this point, we're so much more similar than we realize. And I almost wonder sometimes if, we're all just amazing problem solvers, but we haven't given ourselves permission to even go there and think that. And when we do, that's when kind of we start opening up the doors that otherwise we were closing unconsciously without realizing it. Yeah. I think that when you run in straight at problems, as opposed to running away from them or hiding and pretending they go away, and uh, then that's kind of where the turning point happens. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where you actually have the additional, um, that's the gasoline on the fire for, for businesses or for life or for family or those kinds of things. Like if you act like your, your kid's not upset, like it's going to have a lasting effect. Like you need to go mm-hmm. in there and have that tough conversation. But you also, if you act like your kid's going to learn about money from somewhere, 
they're never going to have someone that cares more about them than you. Yep. And so if you go in there, whether it's imperfect action, it's going to be a lot better than perfect inaction. That's true. So listen, I want to thank you so much for being on with me on the money talkers. We've got to dive in some really fun subjects that I, uh, I love to talk about. So, um, where is the best place that the money talker audience can connect with you? Uh, abundantly clear podcast is the name of my show, or you can reach me on my website. And the easiest way to get to that is abundantlyclearpodcast.com. And you can feel free to send me a message if you're looking for, looking for help. That's awesome. Um, all right, money talker audience. This is time where you take the earbuds out, take the headphones off. Don't get in the learning loop, get out there and take some action and have that conversation with your kids. Um, begin to challenge, you know, you know, I don't mean challenge them, but I mean, begin to open the questions of like, where do they see themselves in the future and, and why they, what limitations they have, what, you know, how do they, how do they get to those limitations? What would somebody who gets past those limitations, what, what did they do to get there? What did they think about life? You know, where did they come from? Because, you know, 80% of millionaires were, uh, are self-made and they're not been handed anything. And so if you can do that, you can come from anywhere to be successful and to be out there. And so uh, that's what we all want. It'll also begin to open that door for your relationship down in the future when they have bigger and bigger questions. And so thanks. Get out there and, uh, and have a money talk. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker